It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson, back here in the driver's seat, and guys, we finally can stop speculating. We can finally stop wondering what's going to happen next, what's going to go on, Where is so-and-so going to play? Who's going to be their opponent? We finally have all the information, all the numbers laid out, all the dots crossed, all the I's dotted. You know what? We know exactly what we're talking about. Texas A&M is going bowling for the 11th consecutive season, and we finally know their location and their opponent. Before we break that down, make sure you're following us on social media at three different locations. First off, you're going to want to follow us at Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is the main site where we post all of our video content, where we post all of our audio content, where we share the show. Second, you're going to want to follow us at Aggies SI. Sports Illustrated's Aggie Maven and the Locked on Podcast Network have partnered together to give you a quality content audio, visual, and written work. So go check all that work out at si.com slash T-A-M-U and at Aggies SI. And last but not least, if you want to give me a follow, tell me what I'm doing right, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Just say, hey man, I hope you have a good day. It's really simple. It's at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am a mister. I am Cole Thompson. That simple is all you gotta do. All right. Texas A&M finished the year off 7-5, meaning that their bowl game schedule was pretty limited. It looked like there was probably only going to be two or three places that they would go. Uh, the first one, of course, being the Gator Bowl because of they were one of the higher-ranked SEC teams. So there was speculation that they could represent against a Big Ten opponent. The second game was the Outback Bowl. It is a day earlier on January 1st. They would face off against another Big Ten opponent and see maybe if they could test their luck against a team like maybe, I don't know, Minnesota, Michigan. You could even probably throw in Penn State into that conversation. It doesn't matter because we finally do know that AM will be playing right after Christmas, just 90 miles south of College Station, and it will be in Texas, in Houston, for the 2019 Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl. And their opponent will be not who you probably thought it was. A lot of people speculated that maybe this was the year they could be facing Texas. This was the year the Longhorn, the Lone Star rivalry could return. Nope. Instead, the team will be going up against the number 25 ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys. Still, it's a very big win for the program. It's a very big win for the team. And it's a very exciting moment for the recruits because Jimbo Fisher, who is known for recruiting mainly inside the state that he is working in, will be able to now showcase some of these players who are going to come to A&M in the near future what the program status is. So on today's show, let's just go ahead and we're going to start previewing a little bit more about Oklahoma State, why this game is a positive and why maybe this game is a negative in A&M's favor, maybe why this game is a negative in the Oklahoma State favor, but overall, that's your matchup that will take place on December 27th of this upcoming year. It is a Friday, 545 kick at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. All right, let's take a look at Oklahoma State. This was a team that a lot of people said maybe could be a sleeper, maybe be a team that isn't at the same level as Oklahoma, maybe right below Texas. Well, overall, they actually were better than Texas when you look at the schedule pound for pound and what they were able to do all season long. 
This is the team that I think a lot of people are saying, hmm, if AM has to go up against a really good team this year, this would probably be the one in the bowl game that we would like to face. Mainly because if we get to see now two types of players, or I guess two types of units, really find their success. And that would be the AM defensive line, which has been one of the better in the country against the powerful rushing attack of Oklahoma State. The Cowboys started the year off with a 3-0 record in the 15th season under head coach Mike Gundy. They would get wins over Oregon State 52-36, over McNeese State 56-14, and over Tulsa 40-21. But of course, there were some hiccups along the way, coming with the first one early in the season against Texas. In Austin, they would fall to the Longhorns 36-30 before picking up another win the following week, 26-13 against Kansas State. Then they would have a surprise loss in the season. A lot of people weren't sold on Texas Tech with the new hiring of Chris Wells, what they were going to be. They ended up losing that game 45-35 at Lubbock. Then they go on the road once again. They start kind of a bit of a losing streak, falling to Baylor at home in Stillwater 46-27. to They find a rhythm slowly along the way, winning against Iowa State 34-27, then getting a win over TCU at home 34-27 once again, and then getting their final win um, of the season at home before the Battle of Bedlam. That would be against Kansas 31-13. Another win coming right up. They'd go to Morgantown in West Virginia and beat the Mountaineers 20-13 in somewhat of a struggle win. Last week, of course, two weeks ago, my bad, they would fall 34-16 to the likes of now college football playoffs number four, Oklahoma Sooners, to finish the year out 8-4. They might not be, on record, one of the better teams in the Big 12. They did finish, I think, fifth overall in Big 12 ranking in Big 12 standings. Yeah, they finished uh, fourth overall in Big 12 standings. My apologies. Right behind Texas, who finished with 5-4 and four record and 7-5. and five. And, of course, your top two houses, Oklahoma and Baylor, who both finished with 11 wins on the season. Uh, of course, Oklahoma got that extra win in the Big 12 championship over the weekend. They finished 12-1. and one. Baylor will represent the Big 12 in the New Year's Six Bowls as they will face off against Georgia. Now, you look at the rest of this roster, they may not be a complete perfect team, but you have to be finding some positives when looking at Oklahoma State this year. And let's just go to the big one real fast, and that is the emergence of redshirt sophomore running back Chubba Howard. Chubba Howard bro Hubbard broke onto the scene this season due to his ability and agility to make defenders miss at the line of scrimmage and then terrorize defenses in the open field. Of 12 appearances, he rushed for over 100 yards in 11 contests. The only one he didn't was in the McNeese State game where he played limited action. So he could have finished the year with a perfect 100 rushing yard game in every single game on his way to the rushing title. Yep, that's right. AM has already faced off against three number one opponents. They've also faced off against five top 10 opponents. Now they will face off against the NCAA leading rusher, who right now sits with 1936 in total rushing yards and 21 touchdowns on the year. That is second in the FBS, trailing only two players who are tied for first. There's still a lot to talk about here with this upcoming matchup, where AM could go right, where AM could go wrong. But that's just a little bit to get yourself caught up on what happened with Oklahoma State. And when we come back in a quick couple seconds, we're going to be discussing 
exactly what AM should be preparing for, how they should be getting ready. And also, there's been a player in the NFL, a former Aggie, who has dominated since joining the roster. And he may no longer be talking about just getting a contract extension, but potentially getting his team going deep into the NFL playoffs. This is Locked on Aggies, and we'll be discussing that in just a quick moment. Guys, if you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrapped to show us your top Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live with the host or show's Twitter account on social media, and we will share and retweet your favorite thoughts on the best Locked On podcast of the year. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Guys, if you're not following us already, make sure that you just go ahead and subscribe to the Locked On Podcast Network. It's bowl season. You know what we have going on. There's a ton to talk about coming up in the upcoming weeks, especially for us here at Texas A&M and Oklahoma State. So Locked On Post is going to be a great resource for you to listen to if you are an Aggie fan. And we're going to be a great resource for you to listen to if you're a Cowboys fan. So make sure you're checking out all of our great work for all the colleges. We have over two dozen college uh podcast for you to get your college football coverage go check all that out at lockedonpodcast.com all right moving forward with our coverage of the now 2019 texas bowl where texas a&m will play host to oklahoma state these two go a while back a lot of people i think are wondering okay why is this game so relevant why is this game going to be such a big deal? Well, because of these two programs, both used to play against each other on a consistent basis throughout the 90s and most of the early 2000s. From 1996 to 2011, the Cowboys and the Aggies would meet up consistently as members of the Big 12, fighting for a Big 12 championship program. Uh, during that time period, they faced off against each other 27 total times. This will mark the 28th matchup between both A&M and Oklahoma State. A&M leads the series all time, 17-10, but when you look at what Oklahoma State has done in recent memory against the Aggies, it's leaning more towards a likely matchup with uh, Oklahoma State probably staying in favor. They've won the last four straight most recently in 2011, where they rallied behind in the final season in the Big 12 for A&M to come back and beat the Aggies 32-29. When you look at these matchups, when you look at the history of the program, there's a lot of things we can discuss here. Most importantly, it's going to be that run defense against the rushing attack by Oklahoma State. The Cowboys finished second in the Big 12 this season with total rushing yards. They have the leading rusher in Chubba Hubbard sitting out in Stillwater. Um, I think that when you look at the front line of what Mike Elko did this season, even though it wasn't perfect, that was their biggest strength. They were able to consistently put running backs in the SEC, guys who we're going to be seeing play on Sunday, such as um, uh, Kylan Hill, a, fu- a future Najee Harris, or Akeem Boyd down the line. They're going to get their opportunity at the next level, and all those games, AM was pretty much able to shut them down. Kylan Hill kind of got a little bit away. He was able to kind of pick up some production at the end of the fourth quarter, but that was really garbage time. It wasn't even AM's. I don't think it was really AM's fault. It was just more so... They're going to score some points. It's fine. Uh, The best way I can put it is look at the way Isaiah Spiller played against LSU. He had that one drive where he culminated up in 67 yards. That was the only touchdown of the game. He finished the game, I think, with a total of 69 or 71 total yards of offense. That was the most by any A&M player not named a quarterback, Kellen Mond. So I think when you look at that, 
that really shows the strength of AM. They've been dominant in the trenches. They've been able to add pressure. Matt Abike, they're, uh, they're, he's their lead team-leading sack leader. He had 6.5. He had 11 tackles for losses. He had seven quarterback hurries. They're going to put pressure on Oklahoma State to score, score often, and score early. And if Oklahoma State begins to struggle there, they're going to have to rely on their passing game, which I do think is the weaker of the two opponents right now. Their run game has been dominant, more so than just Hubbard. They have two guys who have rushed for over 800 yards of offense. This is going to be where the battle is going to be won. It's going to be is Mike Elko's defense, especially if a guy like Matt Abike, who right now Coach Fisher said on Sunday night, they're not sure which juniors have decided if they're going to lean towards going towards the NFL draft or if they're going to return for their senior season. If they do lean towards the NFL draft, a lot of players may sit out in the bowl game not to hurt their draft stock. They could probably get an opportunity at maybe a game like the Senior Bowl or the East-West Shrine Bowl, a great combine. But ever since the Jalen Smith injury in 2016 in the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State, this has been a trend that's been going on for quite some time. And at the same time, we're not even sure if Hubbard's going to play. That's, you know, the Cowboys' leading rusher. He's a redshirt sophomore who is eligible to go to the NFL draft. And right now, there's a very good shot he walks away with the Doak Walker Award this upcoming Saturday. I'm not sold that we're going to see him play. And if that's the case... Maybe this is an even better matchup for AM because a majority of their players will play. You know guys like, I think, Kellen Mon and guys like Javon Osmond and maybe Kendrick Rogers and stuff like that are going to come back. And they also have some very young talent like Spiller, uh, Cordarian Richardson. You have An- Anaya Smith, who maybe we could get some reps, say Osmond or Rogers was the Claire. All that in mind, they're a younger team, a more promising team, a, a team that is going to be on the rise this could definitely be a major win for AM should Hubbard sit. But if not, it's going to be who wants it more in the trenches. AM finished 30th in the nation in rushing defense. Oklahoma State, I believe, finished 11th in the nation in rushing offense. So you're looking at two of the better programs in the FBS matching up against each other at their strengths, both going to hopefully be able to show weaknesses in the other. Was Hubbard playing against a very weak opponent such as the Big 12 defenses? Or more so, was it he just consistently was the best player on the field? Meanwhile, was AM getting good stops against maybe weaker running backs? Now they're facing off against a guy who probably will be a high draft pick, whether this year or next year in the NFL draft. Is he going to dismantle them? Or are they going to be able to contain him kind of like they were able to contain limited production from SEC-type players? I think that it's a very solid matchup overall when you look at these two teams. I know a lot of people want it to be Texas versus Texas A&M. The Lone Star rivalry has been a massive game and a massive portion of college football that has been missed in the last decade since A&M moved to the Southeastern Conference. But now Texas... A highly ranked opponent will go up against a Utah team that is trying to prove that they don't deserve to be in the Alamo Bowl, but should be in a actual big-time bowl game, such as the Rose Bowl, such as the uh, Cotton Bowl, a game where they actually are going to be competitors. Instead, Texas now can show we struggled at times, but it was because of injuries, not because of our roster. And A&M can show against an Oklahoma State team, we may be a team that isn't on 
the same level as Alabama or Auburn or even Georgia. But when you look at our schedule and what we had to go against this year, we're still a competitive team. In fact, we're still one of the better teams in the SEC, and we got dealt a really rough hand, battled through adversity, grew in, I would say, four of the five games, and showed that we are almost there. And a team like Oklahoma State that did finish inside the top 25 with an 8-4 and four record, maybe that'll be enough for A&M to show up and say, all right, we know we are a top 25 program in the nation. Let's beat a top 25 team for the first time this year in a bowl game with hopefully their best players. And if so, time for you to guys start continuing to look at us as a real threat in 2020. Speaking of threats, there's been a quarterback who used to play at AM, used to play around the NFL, now having his team and knocking on the door of the local team here in Texas, the Houston Texans, for an AFC South Championship. Since his arrival, his roster, the Tennessee Titans, have transformed into possibly one of the most productive offensive units in the NFL. And we'll be discussing that in just a quick moment. Guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Don't you remember those days when you felt like you were always ready to go? Well, you can get back to that special confidence by listening up and visiting BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients such as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night. Full stomach, empty stomach, doesn't matter. It's your life. And since they're chewable, they'll work twice as fast as the pill to get you ready when the moment is ready. If you can benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is also prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy. It ships directly to your door in a discreet package, keeping it a secret. And since they're made in the U.S. and shipped directly to your house, they're cheaper than a pharmacy and beats all the awkward conversations. Right now, we have a special deal going on for our listeners. All you got to do is visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code, CODE. Just pay the difference at the $5 shipping process. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code, CODE, and try it for free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring us and the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson so here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M and getting you ready for the 2019 Texas Bowl as your Aggies take on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Well, one Aggie will not be playing in that game, and we know that for a fact. Not because of he's not good enough to play in it, but because of he's no longer a member of the roster, and that would be Ryan Tannehill. For those of you who maybe have forgotten who Ryan Tannehill was, he was a wide receiver who transferred over to quarterback during his, I believe it was junior year, then went eighth overall to the Miami Dolphins in the 2012 NFL Draft. Everyone thought that he was going to be maybe an average quarterback at best, nothing nothing to write home about, nothing to really talk about, nothing to be that obsessed with, but he was able to be productive out in Miami until injuries started to plague his season. He was traded this offseason to the Tennessee Titans for a sixth-round pick to be the backup of Marcus Mariota. And now, thanks to Tannehill and what he's done for the Music City, the Titans are looking like they are going to be a true contender in 2019. They had offensive pieces already there. I really like the pickup of Quentin Spain that they got this offseason. I thought that the offensive line was pretty well. Adam Humphreys was a dynamite selection for the slot. 
Marcus Mariota was the guy who people were saying, is he the problem? Well, it proved that he was the problem because of ever since Ryan Tannehill has entered the game for Tennessee, they've had one loss on the season, and that was in a close 30-20 to loss to the Carolina Panthers. They now sit at 8-5 and five with Tannehill as their quarterback with three games, two against rival opponent and AFC South leader Houston to close out their season. The best they can finish with is a 500 record under a guy who was specifically brought in to be a backup. The best they can finish is with an 11-5 record, an AFC South title, and a playoff appearance, not as a wildcard team, which would be the first time in, I believe, almost a decade that they would be the representatives as the actual division champions. And you got to give a lot of credit to Tannehill. Since taking over full-time against Denver, after the Denver game, because he entered halfway through the Denver game, he finished that game 13-16 for 144 yards, one interception. But since then, he has a touchdown-to-interception ratio rate of 15-4. to He's thrown for over 1,800 passing yards. He has an average QBR rating of over 59, uh, 69. He has, I mean, he has an average rating of 118. And the offensive line has looked meekish at times, but he's been able to improvise. Last night against Oakland, the team didn't allow a sack. And he finished with 391 passing yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and a completion rating of 77.8. And this was a guy that was written off. He was no longer considered a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. A, a, a primary backup, a guy that if you need him to come in in a pinch, what what could he be? I'm telling you right now. Now he's looking like the reason why the fact that Tennessee is going to be a playoff contender. So, shout out to the A&M alum. Congratulations, Ryan. A lot of people believed in you. I was one who believed in you, and I thought that you deserved one more season out in Miami to prove it. Now you're with Tennessee and you're probably a game or two away with a win this weekend against Houston, who struggled against Denver. You get that win, you take the lead of the AFC South, and you're one step closer towards the NFL playoffs. And that'd be an awesome story. That'd be something I'd love to cover, and that'd be something I'd love to bring up because of former AM players continuing to make making big plays. He is exactly one of them who is a reason why you never give up after someone says, Maybe it's time you think of something else. Before we get on out of here, I just want to make sure that everyone knows that the SEC as a whole once again dominated in bowl season this year. Nine teams out of 10 eligible teams were able to claim a bowl spot. They will be representing the Southeastern Conference loud and proud this bowl season, hopefully walking away with a 9-0 record and potentially a national championship. So for anyone who wants to know where everyone's going, don't worry, Locked on Aggies has you covered. First game, of course, is going to be Texas A&M versus Oklahoma State. That is a 5:45 kickoff right here in Houston, Texas at NRG Stadium. We will have coverage every single day leading up to that game as well as coverage on A&M basketball moving forward. Next up, you're going to have the college football playoff. It's an early game this year. It's not going to be on New Year's Eve like a lot of people want. Instead, number one LSU jumped back into number one in the playoff rankings. We'll take on number four Oklahoma in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl down in Atlanta, Georgia for a four, uh, three o'clock uh, kickoff 
at Saturday, December 28th. That's one day after Texas A&M will face off against Oklahoma State. Next up on December 30th, Mississippi State will travel to Nashville to take on Louisville. Both teams finished a little under what you thought, but Scott Satterfield, new head coach at Louisville, led his team to a 7-5 record. Mississippi State 6-6. That game will be a 3 o'clock kickoff down in Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. Next up, you have the Hard Capital One Hard Rock Stadium Orange Bowl. Number nine, Florida jumps Alabama, stays ahead of them, and will take on number 24, Virginia, the runner-up of the ACC. That game will take place also on December 30th. That is a 7 o'clock kickoff. Moving on, next date, you head over to the Belk Bowl in Charlotte, North Carolina, where Kentucky, after finishing 10-2 a season ago, goes in at 7-5. They will face off against Virginia Tech. That game is an 11 o'clock kickoff. And then we have a couple days off. We have, a, we have another day off. We don't have to really worry about anything. And then we have the New Year's games. These are the games that everyone's going to be talking about. Coming up first... The Citrus Bowl in Orlando, Florida. Hopefully, we get to see Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban go against each other in the teacups or on the matter or on Space Mountain or Splash Mountain or whatever you want to call it. Just get a funny picture of them. Alabama, number 13, takes on number 14, Michigan. That will be a 12 o'clock kickoff. The game will be featured on ABC. Same time, you have their in-state rival, Auburn taking on number 18 Minnesota in the Outback Bowl. That is in Tampa Bay, just a couple hours away. They will be a 12 o'clock kickoff. Both teams finished uh, right outside of the top 20 rankings. Auburn comes in at number 12. Minnesota comes in at number 18. Auburn 9-3, Minnesota 10-2. That game will be played in Raymond James Stadium. Later that evening, we have another New Year's Six Bowl coming up. Georgia, who according to reports still was in the running to be the number four seed and potentially face Ohio State or LSU again in the college football playoff, will head down to the Bayou in the All-State Sugar Bowl at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome to take on Big 12 runner-up Baylor. That game will be a 7:45 kickoff, and that will take place on ESPN. Next up, the final bowl game of the SEC season. This is, comes at a little bit of a surprise, mainly because of we thought maybe they would be the team representing uh, their kind of own backyard against, um, I guess it would be Louisville at this point. But instead, Tennessee will take on Indiana in the Tax Slayers Gator Bowl. Both these programs found a way to succeed. Uh, Indiana finishes with 8-4, and four, their best record in over two decades under Tom Allen, who recently got a brand new seven-year contract extension. Meanwhile, the Volunteers started off the season looking like they were going to be the worst team in the SEC, went 6-1 and one to close out their season, finishing with a 7-5 and five record. That game will take place on Thursday, January 2nd, for a 6 p.m. kickoff on ESPN in Jacksonville, Florida. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Locked on Aggies, at Aggies SI, and at Mr. Cole Thompson. Tomorrow's show, we will be listening to coaches' thoughts, both Mike Gundy of Oklahoma State, as well as Jimbo Fisher of Texas A&M, what they believe is going to help the programs, what they believe of the bowl game, and what they think they can do to give themselves a better advantage. Until tomorrow, we will see you soon. And remember, gig y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.